Hello. Welcome. Pastor Deborah here. Welcome to my living room, sort of speaking. But we're really in the realm of the spirit. Yeah, I'm sitting at a door on a little thing. Got my laptop up. No green screen, remember. So you'll see weird things around my hair. My hand can just disappear. And I might appear kind of fuzzy. I've tried the big ones, the professional ones. I don't have a big spot or a dedicated space. Mm -hmm. I'm using a card table with some kind of box on it and a chair. Mm -hmm. So welcome. We're here in the Garden of Eden where love abounds. Not the kind of love that you know on the earth. It's not sexual. It's not of the soul. It's not between you and an animal or maybe between you and the love of money or power or authority or politics or love of a purpose in life or a love of just people, places, memories. It's not that kind of love. It's agape. It's from a different realm, the realm of the spirit. We're beginning another part. Part number 65 of a wonderful letter that was inspired to me to write down from a wonderful Heavenly Father who is agape love. And it was entitled and is entitled, My Dear Spiritual Child Letter from Me, Agape Love Himself. That's right. He inspired me to write this to you. And I did. I printed it out, wrote it out, mailed it out. And I sent with it a special gift, a teddy. This one and others. I sent this letter and teddies to witches and psychics and fortune tellers, businesses, counts over in England, royalty. Mm -hmm. Pastors, teachers. Policemen, doctors, I sent the letter out everywhere with a little teddy bear that I got at Walmart during Valentine's Day, or the season, rather. It reminded us of the red rose, the red, the gift of life, and a heart of love. Mm -hmm. Sorry, there, there's Teddy, sitting a little better. It's hard with this. No green screen. He disappears also sometimes. I don't hold him right, so he kind of fades out. But say hello to Teddy. Whoops. Say hello. Say hello to little Teddy. Yeah. Hi, Teddy. We love you, Teddy. He's not real. But he's cute. He reminds me of you. But you are real. So we want to begin another part of this letter called Let's Take a Few Steps with Him. We've been working through some prayers that you need to pray to Him yourself, quietly, by yourself. Not out loud, not in front of people, but this is between you and Agape Love Himself. And this is going to be part number three. And we're going to pick up with our prayers. 
I did this when I first was getting started. I still pray and talk to God, agape love, intimately, one-on-one, just him and I. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I need to run to him and just jump in his lap and cry. I'm wounded. I'm hurt. I'm just so happy to be loved and in a family that loves me and will not abuse me spiritually. My earthly family may not have changed. They might still be abusive and horrible and wicked. Or maybe I don't even know who they are. And I'm an orphan. And the friends I have, they're not very nice. Yeah, pastors can abuse you. Teachers. Employers. Neighbors. Policemen. Business owners. That's right. But this letter is to you. From this wonderful Heavenly Father. Through his Holy Spirit, coming through Pastor Deborah. I'm a spiritual mother, anointed and blessed to be that. Mm -hmm. To teach you and reach you with agape love. So let's begin first with prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for your letter of love to us. That you cared about us, humanity, each and every one of us, even you from other galaxies and planets. That you care that we know about you. You want us to know about you and your love for us. You made a way for all of us on a cross through your son, Christ Jesus, the living word. You paid the price yourself so we could be redeemed. We could be salvaged. We could be saved from the penalty of sin of our ancestors, which was death, spiritual death. To you, separation from you spiritually. Our spirits could not be in your presence. They were conceived in sin and conformed, developed in iniquity, perversion and wickedness. Our souls have ruled us. They are the king. We are just the tail. Father, help us so we may love you. And that we may receive your love. In the name of Christ Jesus. Amen. Okay, we're going to pick up in part number three. We had finished up a few prayers that all of you need to do. What is prayer? It's just talking to God with your spirit, not your soul. Your soul cannot talk to God. It's in a different realm. It's more in the realm of the natural, the physical body. But it's your spirit he's looking for. To be spiritually talking to him. Knowing who he is spiritually. By spiritual truth, which is light. And not to be in spiritual darkness anymore. He desires for your spirit to be set free of the confines of the soul. And you get that through a Hebrews 4.12. Spiritual circumcision. Where the word of God comes along and clips the very top or the bottom of your soul. And it frees your spirit to come out of the miry clay. The confusion of the lust of the eyes. The control of the lust of the flesh. And the wickedness of its pride of life. 
That's right. So the spirit has to come forth so it can receive all these words of love, agape love, for it. So let's be pick up where we were working in. Dear Heavenly Father, you just repeat these after me. You do not have to say them out loud in front of anybody. You think them in your spirit. Now, I know all of you do that because everybody's got one. And you all move. You're here in the garden. So you can are capable of talking. You might be afraid to talk. You might be afraid to stand up against your soul. I had a precious young lady named Amanda. Who one day I had in the car and her physical body went into a store. But her spirit came back to me and said, if we keep doing drugs and all this sex and having babies and abortions, being homeless and smoking cigarettes, we're going to die, aren't we? That was the spirit talking to me. I'm sitting in the car. And I said, yes, sweetie. And the spirit asked me, what do I do? I said, well, sweetie, you have to speak up to that other part of you, your soul and your physical body. And you must tell it to get in line with the word of God and stop doing what they're doing. And the spirits of Amanda said back to me, if I do that, I will get in trouble. Yes, your spirit will be fearful of coming against your soul and its thoughts, beliefs, and against the physical body. It wants pleasure in any way it can get it. And it becomes an addict of pleasure. So what we're learning is he wants your spirit. Because he's a spirit. He wants you spiritually to talk with him spiritually. One on one. Mm -hmm. So let's get going. Dear Heavenly Father, I ask you, Father, that according to your laws, your words, your decrees that you declared in your holy book, the Bible, that if I confess my sins to you, you are faithful to me to forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. You may not even know what unrighteousness is. You may not even know what sins are yet. But you know something has not been right with your spirit. You come here, you look around, you're fearful. You're ashamed of the things you've done in the spirit. That's a realm you live in. Because I'm in it also. And you're ashamed of what your soul thinks That you're not in charge. You're not the king of your system. The three-part kingdom of spirit, soul, and physical body. Many of you know what your bodies do. You know the lies you tell. You know if you're worshiping this God of agape love or not. You might think the God that you're serving, worshiping, is the same God, but it's not. Many of you will know that right now. It'll be revealed to you. And that is unrighteousness. That means you're not in right standing. Your your thoughts, your spiritual thoughts are not in the right context of truth. 
you don't line up with his mind. You don't line up with his concepts. Well, use love your neighbor. What does that mean? That means that baby in the womb is your neighbor. An animal is your neighbor. Trees, the earth is your neighbor. Your family members, your neighbor. And you don't love them all with God's love. You don't see them that they too need help. Let's say you don't love the little baby in the womb. You think it's a bothersome tumor and it affects the woman's right to health care. She doesn't want it. And she has a right to kill it, destroy it, murder it before it comes forth. Maybe she doesn't want the inconvenience or to mess up her physical body. Mm -hmm. And you vote for politicians. You give money to abortion, aborting a child. Maybe you don't even know it's a child. Maybe you just think the woman has a right to do. It's her body. When you kill a child, you're killing another body. It is attached to your body, but it is not your body. The wound man, the spirit being that was going to have a womb, W-O, woman, was to bring forth more physical bodies so the Holy Spirit could put forever people in it. So you're not only killing a physical dirt body, but you're not allowing another forever person, spirit being. To come into the world. Maybe they're the next scientist. Or peacekeeper. And because of your choice. To abort. Which means murder. Kill it. Even if it comes out early. It's laying there on the table. That doctor has a right to kill it. Because your government. Says it's your right. As a woman. Where, where What right does a man have? Maybe he. Wants to have the child. There's people can't have children. And they would love to adopt your child. Mm -hmm. That you don't want it growing inside of you. So it becomes a tumor. A cancer. Something you're embarrassed of. Shamed. And the only way you know to destroy it. Is to murder it. Kill it. Dissolve its body. Cut its parts. Have the doctor go in. Cut the arms off. Cut the head off. Suck out the brains. Have you ever watched an abortion? Have you ever seen what it looks like? And here's what happens. After you do that, years later, you're still suffering from your decision. Oh, the doctors aren't. The nurses aren't. You know what they do with your little baby? They sell the body parts to research scientists. Universities. They get the stem cells. They make vaccines out of them. That's right research so they covet having that dead baby that body Mm -hmm. and they think you're happy you're right if that baby was out of your womb and you killed it'd be murder but because you don't give that little baby any rights you don't even want to call it a human a child Mm -hmm. so that would be once you discover that you've done that and you're feeling ashamed of it now, then God says, I'll come in and cleanse that shame. I'll wash your conscience clean. But don't go and do it again. Don't support it. 
Don't give money to it. So you go on and say in prayer to him. And that I ask that I and my children and my children's children to come for 10,000 generations would be free. Any generational familiar spirits of Antichrist, something that's against God. Mm -hmm. They're out in the world. They want you to follow them. So anything God says, love your neighbor and you get an abortion. That's an act of following, worshiping and serving the Antichrist. If you deny that Christ Jesus is the son of the living God, you're supporting the Antichrist ideas and concepts. So you're praying not only for yourself, but for 10,000 generations to come. They would probably appreciate your love for them. Mm -hmm. Did you know that your prayers can go forth that far? They are prophetic to another generation. Many generations are cursed by vows and oaths that their grandparents have taken. I was. My family was. Did you know my family on my dad's side was from Northern Ireland? Four generations back, a lady had sex with a Druid high priest, got pregnant. Well, the Druid wanted that baby to sacrifice it to his God, Satan. But this lady wanted the little baby. So she made an oath, a vow, a promise, a deal with the Druid high priest. And with Satan, that if she could keep that baby, he could have the firstborn male child in four generations. That turned out to be my brother. And they could not kill him because he believed in Christ Jesus, but they destroyed him mentally and spiritually. He's in heaven now. But Satan came through his mama and his father. The oath was fulfilled. The vow was not to the extent, but he was a sacrificial lamb by his mother. She rejected him, abandoned him, at least he thought, for her husband. And it was horrible. I lived through it. And I didn't know that till years later when God revealed it to me. So be praying for your future generations to come. To be free of the generational antichrist spirit in their spirit, their soul, and their physical body. And to be forever loosed and free from them spiritually. Father, free me and my family from every spiritual thing that is keeping us spiritually away from you. From being one with you and clearly hearing your voice and the voice of the Holy Spirit and understanding your words through your Holy Spirit. Father, this is the spirit of Antichrist at work in our lives, been in my life. Help me free me of it and my family and children for generations to come. These are powerful prayers that you are asking him to do for you. And not just you, but your family, 
maybe your cousins, grandmas and grandpas, friends, uncles, nieces. That's right. Maybe for four, five, ten generations down the road, you won't even know them. But your prayers can still be invoked, still be alive, and will go to work. If you pray them as a child of God, let's keep going. Dear Heavenly Father of agape love, free me and my family from every spiritual thing that is keeping us spiritually away from you, keeping us in spiritual ignorance, forbidding our spirits to worship you, forbidding your spiritual truth to reach us. Help us, Father, that any spiritual scrambler or spirit that is trying to make us deaf, unable to hear your words spiritually, free us from them. We need to hear your words, Father, spiritually. Help us, Father. We cannot do this. You know what's there in our spirits, around our spirits. You know what vows and oaths, curses are upon our spirits. Even if we're born again, break them off, Father, so that we will be free to hear you, to know you, to be in a relationship with you. Father, set us free from all that speaks death, spiritual death, to us. Or whose job it is to bring death to us spiritually in every area of our spiritual lives. Death, separation from you. Death of our purposes. Death of our growth. Killed in infancy spiritually. Death to freedom of our spirit. Death to our rightful rulership over our spirit, soul, and physical body. Father, death is at work. Even as a born-again little one, it wants to kill us. Father, we learned that when we saw King Herod of Israel. Hearing there was a new king born in Bethlehem. He sent his soldiers in and to kill every child up to two years old. They were innocent, but God woke up Joseph and Mary and said, flee to Egypt. Take the little one, Jesus, with you. The Antichrist spirit and death were at work to kill the physical body. See, your spirit, the forever person, To be legal must have its physical body, be in a physical body, working through the soul and the physical body here on earth or your planet. So Satan wants to stop the Holy Spirit. Even if you get born again, you're a little one. You need shepherds around you, warriors and protection. Satan wants to. He can't kill you, the spirit, but he can separate you from God, make you so fearful of God, even as a baby. 
He can steal you away spiritually and frighten you, torment your spirit and other people. He can give you bad nightmares and dreams that would push your soul and physical body to do drugs, take your own life, commit suicide. Mm-hmm. Lot is at work spiritually, even when you're born again. Mm-hmm. Father, help us to not let the spirit of death and Antichrist have any spiritual victory in our lives. Death of our words, our growth, our studies. Death of our nutrients that we need to eat. Death of your purpose for me. Death of your blessings for me. Death in any way, shape, or likeness. Father, put a hedge of protection around me. I know death is near. It's always trying to take me, stop me, abort me, but kill me in childhood spiritually so I will not become a threat. Grow up potentially as Pastor Deborah to a mature king of the kingdom of heaven. Heavenly Father, I thank you for hearing these petitions. Father, free me spiritually, and this family for 10,000 generations to come that causes us to believe spiritual error and become deceived and believe lies. Yes, that can happen after you're born again. You can get in religion. You may not have a good teacher. And all they teach is earthly things, what you're to do with your soul and physical body. And nothing about your spirit, nothing about that realm. So your prayers are say, help us in every area. That's right. Yes, you can be bewitched. You can be confused. You can have illusions around you. Yes, spirits can come to you if you're a male. As a beautiful woman can have sex with you in your dreams. Yeah, and you will have an orgasm. And if you're a female, you can have sex. It's not God. He does not do that. Christ Jesus does not have sex with you. He has a different kind of intimacy. Mm-hmm. But does that go on? Yes. Can your spirit be taken out of your body against your will? Yes. Happened to me. I didn't know why I was moving in the spirit, but one night I'm laying in my bed and my spirit just starts lifting up. And I get about up here and I go, God, where are we going? I thought I was going on a trip with the Lord and he had come to take me. And then I slid back down. It wasn't him because those things thought they still had a right to take me. Many people are bewitched. They think they hear God, but they're talking to a familiar spirit. Mm -hmm. They prophesy, and the prophecies don't come true. Mm -hmm. So we need help, even after we're born again. That's right. Can our spirit still have leftovers? As a baby child, we can get poisoned food and 
milk. We can go to church or read a book and not get anything. And we need help. We're little ones. We need powerful shepherds and teachers, mamas in our lives, to teach us the words of our Father, Agape Love. Spiritually free me and this family from the past and close the doors and throw away the keys so I can never go back to it, live in it, confess it, live out of that history and identity. A lot of survivors of abuse, many years later, they're still survivors. Victims of abuse, even though they've been born again. In God's eye, he threw that away. You're a new creature now. A baby, but new. And you've never been abused. So you're still living out of your soul. And the memories of your soul that happened as a child. And you haven't, the soul is still in charge. So that's who you are. Because as you think, so you are. So this prayer is, help me take those thoughts, that identity, throw it away. Lock the door and take away the keys. I don't want to live in it. I don't want to talk about it. I just had a case of that. God will allow Satan to challenge you through other believers. A young lady wanted me to join her board of directors and be what she is, a mental health counselor and a life coach. Mm Mm-hmm. And it sounded so good. And, oh, I'm going to be on the board of directors of another ministry. I think it was in Africa somewhere. And she's going to put me on her website as a life coach. Because I would ask her, do you have any questions about mental health? I used to be a counselor in mental health. Nationally licensed. Mm -hmm. Clinical mental health counselor. Did it for 10 years. And God does not waste that information. But that's not who and what I do anymore. I'm a pastor, a teacher, a shepherd, a mama. So I had to write her back and say, thank you for the offer. I appreciate it. But I don't do life coaching, never have. I'm not a licensed mental health counselor anymore. I don't deal with clients anymore. I'm a pastor. I do spiritual discipleship, spiritual teaching. Send a lot of videos. I can combine and talk about mental health, which I did a series called Mental Health and the Forever Person. I teach from the fact we are three. We're a spirit, we're a soul, and a physical body. I teach that all three parts need help. The physical body needs help. Your soul that houses your mental emotions, your memories that happen to the physical body and your soul. In the earthly world. That needs help. And you have a spirit. Now because I had the knowledge of the mental health. I can use it. But I'm not a mental health counselor anymore. I don't deal with clients. I don't charge for anything I do. I'm a teacher. I provide spiritual discipleship. Prayers for deliverance work. I can talk about it. But I don't do it. So I had to write her back and say. Thank you. But that's not what I do. So she, she got a little testy. She said, well, it's good that you came clean about what it. I thought you were did mental health because you wanted to ask me if I had any questions. And I had to write her back and say, 
That's not what I meant. Here is how I operate. I am here to help you develop yourself, your teaching. We need your voice. I'm just one voice, but we needed her to be a voice. We needed her to be a, she's a spiritual lady, I think an apostle. We need her to be able to combine the two worlds. I watch her on live LinkedIn, I think. She doesn't open with prayer. She doesn't do prayers. Uh, the Internet's a little weak where she's at. I'm not sure how all that works. She doesn't have a YouTube channel yet. I hope she gets one. Uh, she has some videos, but she's probably more on the mental health side than the spiritual. I had to learn how to combine the two and teach on both areas. This one, we're dealing with spiritual prayers, deliverance, mm-hmm. asking God to free us, cast out, take out of us, set us free. Where you, we're breaking off curses from our lives. We're prophetically speaking into the future. You don't do that in mental health counseling. So I hope that she will allow me to help her to develop herself, not her ministry. Just herself. God will direct her in her ministry. Told her about doing videos of series of topics. And teaching. Using maybe. She just taught on something. I don't know. Maybe depression. And you can take that. And do one in the mental health world. And one in the spiritual realm. How the spirit can be depressed. But she's sort of more in the mental health. And the life coaching. Well, I gave that way up years ago. I can talk about it and teach on it. But the way that I'm doing the videos now through prayers, we're going to deal with the spirit. And we can deal with the soul because how the pattern works is this. Your spirit develops the mind of Christ within your spirit. It learns of what the mind of Christ is from the Holy Spirit through reading of the Bible. Then your spirit is tested on what it's learned spiritually. Then it passes that information, revelation, light to its soul. And the soul begins to be transformed from its thoughts, beliefs, concepts, and principles that it was taught in the world of lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, the natural world through its physical body. So it is the spirit that does the transforming. But it first must grow and become strong and full of knowledge. The candle in there of light must get brighter and brighter. So don't live in the past. Throw it away. Don't live there anymore. You'll learn about how I did that in the story called It's Time. It's on the website. I'm going to make a video out of it. It's how Jan died and Pastor Deborah arose. All in the same thing here. That's right. I had a spiritual experience of going to the cross inside of Christ Jesus, going into hell and being risen out of the grave. When Christ arose, I was a new creature. Pastor Deborah had a rose. Mm-hmm. I had to study my name. I had to study all about Deborah. And to study what a pastor is. That's right. 
So we're here in prayers to help us become free, to help us grow and learn. So Heavenly Father, free me from allowing all the hurts, the pains, the rejection, the losses, the guilt, and the memories of my soul and my spirit and my physical body to control my present and my future. So your spirit's starting to make choices, but it's being educated to know that it can still be controlled as a born-again child by your past. Mm -hmm. Heavenly Father, spiritually free me and this family from all of Satan's strong men that causes me and this family to have a stiff neck towards you. That means rebellious. I ain't going to bow. You ain't going to tell me what to do. That kind of attitude. Lifted up in pride. Who do you think I am? I'm the president of the United States. I'm the prime minister of England. I'm the ruler of a nation. I'm the head of the UN. I'm the big CEO. I'm the head of Disney. I'm the head of a state. I created a social media platform. Who do you think I am, God? You want me to bow to you? I don't think so. That's what a stiff neck is. I resist your truth. I'm not looking. I ain't going to believe it. And it ain't me. We see that in abortion. That's not a baby. That's not a child. It can't live outside the womb. It's not viable. And the woman has the right to kill whatever's growing on her body because it's a mint. It is a health issue. So the baby becomes a tumor, a cancer, something to be cut out, destroyed. I won't. That's not going to bother me anymore. Mm -hmm. We don't even talk about the men. Are they doing anything to prevent getting women impregnated? But do you know in Satanism and other areas, you don't even need to have the sexual act to be impregnated. You can get donor sperm. And if you don't know how that's done, they have to have the sperm come out and it's captured and it can take it and put it in a Petri dish and inject it into a woman's egg. Yes, they can take your eggs out. Mm -hmm. They do that in Satanism because they're looking for genetically pure physical bodies that have the genes back to a certain race. What is that race? Everybody thinks it's the Aryan race, but it's not. It's going to go back to Antichrist. It's going to go back through the Jewish culture. All the way back to through Christ Jesus, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, King David, King Solomon. All the way back to Adam. Because it was Israel. It was to rule and reign the world. But they didn't realize Israel meant the spiritual prince. The forever person. So in our prayers, we're even asking and we're acknowledging that we have a stiff neck full of pride, even in our baby spirit. You'll hear little babies, we'll tell them to do something, go, no, that's a stiff neck. That's pride. Father, help us to see that we are arrogant. We're unbending. 
We're having a haughty spirit before you. You know, there are some, you'll hear about it, some political parties need to change course, but they won't do it. They will not bend. Their elected officials will not bend off of what they're trying to do. Won't go in a different direction. Won't try to moderate their policies. No. This is what we need to be free from in our spirit and in our soul. And you will start learning that we do this before God, even as his born-again children. Our spirits can be very prideful. And so can our souls. And help us that we will not have this same kind of spirit of haughtiness and arrogance, stiff neck and pride toward others. For this causes us to bring us down. When we stand in your presence, we're ashamed. When you show us what we look like spiritually, we become a beast, maybe a dragon, maybe a horrible creature. We don't look beautiful. We're no longer white. We've been invaded by demonic spirits. They have twisted and perverted our spirits and our thoughts. And we won't even humble ourselves before you. That's how Satan and his demons are now. They're so twisted and perverted. They used to be beautiful creatures where God trusted, were given wisdom and purpose and knowledge. They were to serve him and us. They were to protect his presence. But the presence of the Lord is so powerful. Even humans get perverted by it. And they become twisted and stiff-necked. You hear it a lot. You can't touch the anointing. And I'm the anointed one. I do no wrong. That's a stiff neck, a haughty spirit. But one day, your little spirit's going to be judged. Even as a born-again one, you could still have spirit beings in your life that are teaching you wrong. I had this one lady named Candy. She believed in Christ Jesus. She was learning. She was a multi-generational Satanist queen, high, powerful position. She was to marry somebody and have a new family. Well, God revealed to me that every time I asked her each night on the phone how her family was, I was asking her how her mother was, her sister, her brother, her cousins, her her three children. And she would always answer, they're fine, but she wasn't answering the way I thought she was. She was saying her demonic family that was in her spirit, that she had had her whole life, was fine. They were still there. So God prepared and planned to set her free of those. Now, Candy had put her hands in my life. Night after night, for years on the phone, we did deliverance. Many times she passed out in a trance, fell asleep. It was me and the demons. So this time, God prepared me to cast out the demonic family. She told me nothing about because God was leading me. He was telling me what was there. I didn't know. So I asked her one night, how's your family? Oh, they're fine. I said, Candy, God wants to do some work. Set your spirit free. Of your demonic family that's been with you your whole life. She had 
demons who were her mother and her father, brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles and children. Her spirit believed she was a demon. She believed her own biological children were demons. When she looked at them spiritually, they were demons. Because they had those kind of demons in them. She never really believed they were human. And they never really, and she never really believed they were hers. They were Satan's. So God led me and I cast that family of demonic spirits out. The next day she called and I said, how are you doing? She said, I'm so lonely. I've never been without them. Her spirit had never known a life. Now she's a believer in Christ Jesus, a baby. But she had never been without these demons in her spiritual life as family. But she had no room in her spiritual life to have Christ Jesus as her brother or to have the heavenly father as a father or to know the body of Christ as her family. As long as she had these demon spirits as her family, there was no room for God's family. Now. She could get to know God as father, not just God. She could know Jesus Christ as brother. She could know me as a spiritual mother. She could know the body of Christ as family. She had room now in her spirit because the other spiritual family, the demons, were gone. When you're led by God in prayer to help people, these are the kind of prayers that come out. And I want to end it right here. And I want to end it right here. That was a powerful thing. Having a demonic family. Even if you're born again. You are a baby spirit. And God still has lots of work to do. In and for your spirit. He has knowledge to bring to you. Cleansing to do. That things are still there. And they don't let go easily. And you'll see that in nations that a part of their nation has been freed and they want their own nation. And the big nation doesn't want them to be free of it. Or if you've been held captive by a human trafficker, maybe a pimp, and you don't want to do it anymore. They won't allow you. So there's a lot that still goes on spiritually. Now, some people because of their deep spiritual lives, have a lot of cleansing and freeing that must happen. A lot of knowledge must come. Not everybody's like that. But Pastor Deborah was thrown in with multi-generational Satanist right from the beginning into the occult and witchcraft and shamans, high priests and priests and satanic meetings, rituals, other gods. Boy, did I have to learn a lot. I had to learn a lot about the enemy and how even though you are born again, like my case where I was leaving my body, Satan still claims you. He don't want to let you go. Even if you're a brand new Christian, he doesn't like to lose his property to another, especially not to God. So it's a battle and a fight. But you're beginning to take baby steps. You're beginning to become free and grow and mature. If you have right people in your life. 
Most of the people I had were religious people, denominations. They'd quote the scriptures meant nothing. There was no power in anything. There was no deliverance, nothing. And all you did was there was no deliverance classes. There was no teaching on the spirit realm. That's too heavenly minded. So you just lived in your soul and you lived in the earth. And if you had issues, you went to mental health counseling, got on medication. Nothing about the spiritual, even though throughout humans, histories and civilizations back into ancient Egypt and Greece, ancient days, there was demons, spiritual gods, goddesses. They were a part of our life. But when the age of reasoning came and science and math, microscopes came, the spiritual became foolishness, superstitions for uneducated people. And that hadn't worked out too well. That's right. We need reasoning. We need math and science and telescopes. We need to know about germs and viruses because they affect our physical body. We need to know about our mental health of our soul, our thoughts, our feelings, how we get so depressed, why we commit suicide. What causes us to be pedophiles or what causes us to question our biological sex? Why do we want to have sexual relations with the same sex? Why do we hurt animals and people? Why do we kill, punch people and slap people? We got, we're a mess in our soul. And that needs help. That's where good counselors come in and uh, education comes in and books and therapy, medicine if necessary. But the realm of the spirit, the pastors are supposed to be doing it, but they don't. They've been pushed aside by the medical treatment groups. Mm -hmm. Because any kind you have a, Strange thinking. It's a medical disease that only those licensed can treat. So the pastors don't get to do much anymore. And if you do do deliverance, you looked at it as weird. A lot of them don't teach it right. They yell and scream. There's some great movies out there. The Catholics believe that you could have demonic possession. After they've done some thorough research medically, emotionally, and they determine your problems are not mental health or biological, then they know it's spiritual. And they train certain priests to be exorcist. Mm-hmm. There's some great true stories out there about it. There's one about Emily Rose. Mm-hmm. The Last Rite. Mm-hmm. Remember the movie Exorcist? The, the true story of that was it was a little boy, not a girl. And the little boy's grandmother had been a witch. Mm-hmm. And they have documentaries about this. I got thrown in that world. Knew nothing about it. Mm-hmm. Had to study. Had to read books. Had to learn how to pray. Had to learn to be in the face of a human with a demon staring at me, ready to choke choke me. I had to recognize through the gift of discerning of spirits who or what was there. I had to look at eyes. I had to feel their presence. Takes time. 
But that's how the pastors are supposed to be working in that realm of the spirit. But they're supposed to be knowledgeable by biological things. It can't get well if you're an addict to drugs and alcohol. You're eating too much sugar. You've got weight problems. You have biological problems. You need help in that area. You need a good doctor to help you. Your mental health counseling is important. What you think about. What's happened to you. Your memories. Mm -hmm. That all needs help too. So you need a whole group of people helping you. Mm -hmm. That's right. We're a three-part being. Spirit, soul, and physical body. So I can teach on it. Talk about it. But I come from the spiritual part that influences and changes and transforms your soul and can even transform your physical body. You got to understand a lot, but you're just a baby right now. So we're just teaching, learning as you're drinking in his presence. You're hearing truth. You're learning how to pray and petition him for you and others. You're learning some of the areas and we'll pick up in the next part with more prayers. We're working through demonic strongmen prayers that will help free you and cast that stuff away from you and from you. Mm -hmm. Just like I did for candy. Mm -hmm. So father be about your work. Help these little ones to see and know come to have knowledge of you themselves, their enemy and the price of freedom. Father, help them fulfill Isaiah 61 and 62 in their life. Give them a Hebrews 4.12 and begin teaching them, filling them with your agape love, joy and peace, putting shepherds around them, bringing them to the your pastures of green grass and fresh living water. Father, this is your work that your cross paid to have. Be about your work through your Holy Spirit and through your son, Christ Jesus. And bring the little ones into the garden. Feed them and grow them. Nurture them with your truth and light. And then bring more. And thank you, Father, for all those you have brought from other galaxies. That they too can hear your words of spirit and life for them and their families. And their nations and their people. Father, be about your great, victorious, majestic work. A setting captives free. In the name of Christ Jesus. Amen. Okay. See you on the next part of my dear spiritual child letter. As we take a few steps with him. Agape love himself. As we work through prayers and deliverance. Teaching for your spirit. Here in the Garden of Eden with Pastor Deborah in her living room. Here on the Hidden Kingdoms channel of YouTube and the Children's channel for children of all ages. I'll see you in the next one. Bye.